Welcome to Origin Gates Daily Podcast, Wisdom's Echo. This is Grant Mahoney. And what I want to share about today is I want to talk about the beautiful soul that we've been given. And, you know, we had our home group meeting last night and we were just listening to some worship and it was just phenomenal as we were busy singing. And isn't it amazing how sometimes you'll sing a song so many times and then on one particular night or whenever you sing it, you suddenly see words that you never saw before. You've sung them a thousand times, but now suddenly you see so much meaning in them. And that's really what happened last night as we were worshiping and I was busy just looking at some of the words and they just really impacted me quite deeply. And one of them was, um, there's that song, uh, Bless the Lord, O My Soul, and all, you know, and all that is within me. And, and it comes from... Um, you know, David speaks about this and I just began to realize how important our soul is and how Yahweh loves our soul because we understand the soul to be our mind, our will and our emotions. And I think the reason Yahweh loves our soul and there's so many scriptures about our soul, you know, that it's the soul that gets saved and born again and it's the soul that the enemy's after. And even if we think about Whatever you want to call it, hell or damnation or separation from God, whatever it is, what true separation is, and this is why we must be born again, true separation is when your spirit is separated from your soul. Because in Ecclesiastes, it tells us that our spirits go back to where they came from. So our spirit goes back to the Lord. And then that's what happens. But what about your soul? And for me, the soul is truly who you are, if you understand what I'm saying. The soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, everything that makes you, gives you your personality and everything. And it is so vital to Yahweh because even in the beginning, he says he breathed into him and he became a living soul. So the soul is something that Yahweh is very, um, he loves our soul dearly. And, you know, we've had a lot of teaching on spirit and a lot of teaching on our body but what about our soul and Yahweh just loves our soul and as we were singing some of these songs I was just really impacted by what's actually in them you know bless the Lord oh my soul and there was another song that we sang last night and, and it was it's called I surrender and, and and it goes like this I surrender drench my soul as mercy and grace unfold I hunger and I thirst I hunger and I thirst with arms stretched wide I know you hear me cry speak to me now speak to me now I surrender I surrender and then it says, like a rushing wind, Jesus breathed within, Lord, have your way, have your way in me, like a mighty storm, store with, stir within my soul. And, and, and we got into this discussion about the soul last night, and it was just so enriching because I said this the other time, but I wonder, you know, like, what would it be like if, and I was talking about tongues, and I was saying, you know, when we begin to talk in tongues, it begins to make your spirit man strong and your spirit man begins to stand up and begins to take his place of dominion to rule over you as a triune being, spirit, soul and body. And we have a lot of people that will say, you know, but you're in the soulish realm and, and we've always looked at the soul as being something evil and wicked or whatever it may be or something that's fleshly or worldly or all that kind of stuff. And even the word nefesh, which is the soul, which means um, flesh is basically saying that it's not a good thing but why is Yahweh so interested in it and 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 this is like something that was just struck me last night it was like we got a revelation last night that Yahweh loves our soul and I think the reason is this is because your soul is where your free will is your soul is where you choose and what Yahweh wants is he wants our souls to choose him and and you know David had a taste of this 
And we need to find that place where, and I believe that's why praying in the spirit is so powerful because when you pray in the spirit, what begins to happen is your spirit man begins to sit up and he begins to take his position in the mountain and he begins to sit over your body and your soul and he begins to take dominion over your flesh and take dominion over your body and begins to take dominion over the nefesh so that your soul and your body begin to line up with your spirit man because your spirit man contains your scroll. Your spirit man has come out of Mount Zion. It's been birthed into Mount Zion and it's come into the earth and your spirit man is the ruling entity of you as a triune being. And when your spirit is strong from praying in tongues and praying in the spirit, he begins to sit over you and he begins to sit over your soul and your body and he begins to mold them and, and, and begins to shape them so that, I mean, I want to get to that point where my you know, I, I hunger and I thirst for you where my body and my soul wants to pray in tongues, not just my spirit. Where my body and my soul is in so much in alignment with my spirit, man, that they want to pray. They want to spend time with Yahweh. They, they want to do things. They want to make the right choices. And I think this is why Yahweh so loves our soul so much because it is our personality and he loves our personality. And, and mostly all the work that we do is in the soul realm that we're busy dealing with our junk. It's all soul stuff. And we just had a phenomenal and a fascinating discussion last night. And then we started to, to actually start talking about the kingdom. And as I said in my last um, podcast, you know, I've been going through a time where I've sort of been wondering, you know, where, what's happening with Yahweh? Where, where, where is he? Um, he's been silent. And, I, and I, as I said, I mean, I'm absolutely madly in love with the Lord. And a lot has changed since I last spoke because I've been spending time in tongues. I've been spending time in worship and it's, it's literally changing everything. But there, there's a song that, um, what's his name? Michael W. Smith sings called Waymaker. And, and the, the words are simple. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. But as we were singing that song, and I mean, I, I've been singing the song for the last few weeks because it's just really had an impact on me and began to stir and reignite something inside of me. But it comes down to one of the, um, I don't know what you call it, I would call it a, a chorus. And it goes, even when I can't see it, you're working. And even when I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. And this is the amazing thing as I was Listening to that song last night and I had tears coming down my cheeks. I was just thinking, you know, Yahweh, even in all the places of your silence, you've been working. I may not see it and I can't feel it, but you're working. You never stop working. And then this is the wonder of Yahweh, how he loves us. He loves us so much that he never stops working. And that just began to speak to me in such a massive way that it doesn't really come down to your feelings like how I've been feeling. And it doesn't matter that God is silent like maybe he hasn't answered a prayer or maybe you've been praying and, and you feel like, where is God? It doesn't really matter because he's working. When you can't see it, he's working. When you can't feel it, he's working. He never stops working. And the reason he never stops working is because he loves us so much. He cares for us so much. And he wants to see us come to that place of perfection. And you know, when, when Paul tell, tells Timothy, strive for perfection because it can be reached. And so... I find myself, and I think the, a lot of the body is in a very, very interesting time at, the, at, at this point of time in, in history. And one of the things we really started to speak about last night in our home group is that, you know, we, we've been caught up in belief systems and, and we began to talk about the church and how it was Christianity was a religion formed by Constantine. 
And it was never called Christianity in the beginning. It was just called the way. And the early church, the original church, whatever we want to call it, that was kingdom. There was kingdom all around it because when you looked at that church, it just grew and it expanded. It said they were, they were being added to daily. Everyone had all things in common. Um, everyone brought something. And I've spoken about this before. Like it said they met in one another's homes. They all brought something. They fellowshiped. Um, they brought everything to the, they sold everything, brought it to the apostles' feet. There was no lack. That to me sounds like the kingdom. It sounds like heaven. You know, and even in, in the Lord's Prayer, it says, Thy will, as it is in heaven, so let it be on the earth. And what's in heaven? There's no sickness. There's no poverty. There's no lack. There's all these amazing things. And for 2,000 years as the church, we've been trying to do stuff, which I, I reckon the enemy's just kept us busy. Like we've had all these programs and all these things. And I, I, I think about Africa because that's where I come from. And I think about all the crusades that I was a part of, leading 10,000 people to the Lord. And then all these other amazing evangelists that went throughout Africa, even they may be... We, we know lots of them. And, and you think about over the years, there's been literally millions and millions and millions of people supposedly born again. But then you look at Africa as a, as, as a continent and it's in poverty and it's in lack and it's in sickness. And you sort of wonder, well, where is the kingdom? And maybe it's because the stuff we were doing was church stuff and not kingdom stuff. And, and, and I say this in this way, it's like, you know, there's been people that have touched the kingdom, that have got the kingdom mindset, because even Yeshua says, seek first the kingdom. He doesn't say, seek first my father. He doesn't say, seek me first. He doesn't say, seek the Holy Ghost first. He says, seek the kingdom first and its righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And I wonder if we've we've sought the church stuff, the programs, the things, and so we're not seeing the manifestation of the kingdom. And, and I'll use a very good term, you know, people go out on the street and they evangelize, which is great. I'm, I'm good that they're doing something. And then they'll lead people in the sinner's prayer, which isn't even in scripture. There's no sinner's prayer in the Bible. And then you sort of wonder, like, how have those people changed? Has there been discipleship? All these kind of things. And I was thinking about, then you have people which touch the kingdom and get the kingdom inside them, like Maria Woodworth Etter and Wigglesworth and all these amazing people. John G. Lake. I mean, he had the kingdom because he could put the plague in his hand and it would die. Because he said, I was a God man. In other words, he was a kingdom man. And healings would happen all around him. Maria Woodworth Etta would sit in her home and pray. And in a five kilometer radius, people were falling on their on, on their faces, repenting. In, in the Isle of Lewis, when the revival happened, they would pray in a house and people would be falling all over the place, repenting and coming to Yahweh. There was no one out there evangelizing them. There was no one saying, you have to say the sinner's prayer. They were coming to Yahweh because the kingdom had come. And I think, I think we've been hoodwinked. The churches, the enemies used the church and the model that Constantine implemented to hoodwink us and keep us ineffective. And so last night in our discussion at our home group, we said, we're going to start focusing on the kingdom. We're going to start looking at what is the kingdom? How do we get into the kingdom? Because I want to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you, there's a lot of stuff in me, belief systems that have come out of church that need to be broken and destroyed and destroyed because there's no fruit to them. There's, or if there is fruit, it's very little. And, you know, I, th I was saying to the guys last night, you know, I think about like what happened with St. Patrick. That guy was full of the kingdom. And the reason I can say that is because look at what happened. He converted an entire nation by just displaying the kingdom. You know, when you look at the Celtic saints, the, the kingdom flowed out of them. Miracles happened all around them. And you had a nation that eventually looked like heaven when 
everyone in the nation would hear angels singing from the top of the of Ireland to the bottom of Ireland. They would hear angels singing. They would see fires being lit in the skies all over Ireland. And Ireland became known as um, the light of the world. That's kingdom. Yes, it's not like that anymore, but there was a glimpse of kingdom. And what messed up kingdom was church. I'm just going to be honest, was Christianity. The kingdom is not Christianity. The kingdom is not Judaism. Those are man-made religions. And we need to break away from those man-made religions and seek the kingdom. Jesus didn't say, seek ye first Christianity or seek ye first the church or seek ye first something else. He said, seek ye first the kingdom. And that's what we need to do. And so there's been, I've been on a very interesting journey since I saw you or spoke to you guys the last time on the podcast. And it's been a journey about looking at all the stuff like tongues for me is becoming a major driving force because I'm starting to realize when our spirit man is weak, then everything else is weak because your spirit is the governing force over you as a triune being. And so there's been tongues, there's been worship, there's been times and I'm beginning to, I'm not even worried anymore that Yahweh's not answering me or speaking to me because when, when I, you know, he's working, even though I can't see it, he's working, even though I don't feel it, he's working. And I'm starting to fall in love with the kingdom and I'm starting to become obsessed with the kingdom and like I said earlier I don't have it all down pat I'm, I don't have everything right yet but I'm pursuing it I'm saying to Yahweh what are the things I need to dismantle maybe even some of my foundations are messed up from the from the Christian systems and the Jewish systems and all the systems that we've been involved in I want the way because that's all they called it was the way and you know what when 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 they function like that and they function in the kingdom they just constantly expanded. For 360 years, Rome tried to destroy them. Rome tried to find this king that they kept speaking about. And they, they tried to kill him. And they tried to kill this move, this the way. And they couldn't. It just kept expanding. And that's what happens with the kingdom. There's nothing you can do to stop the kingdom. The kingdom is ever advancing, ever expanding. And then what happens is this guy comes along, Constantine, and he sees this. And he realizes we can't stop it. So what we'll do is we'll form something that looks very close to it. We'll call it Christianity and we'll move it into a building so we can control it and box it. And for the last 2,000 years, that's what we've done. And I'm telling you now, it's time to break away from that. It's time for the kingdom to be released. And I just want to encourage you today that stop seeking after the programs of church and the programs of Christianity and start seeking the kingdom. Start asking Yahweh, Yahweh, what are all the mindsets I need to change? What are all the belief systems I need to break down? Are there foundations that I need to destroy and rebuild? Because I believe in my life there are. And I, I want to see the kingdom. I want to see the power of heaven begin to come on the earth so that we can become the body that begins to bring change. Change where, imagine an earth where we heard angels all around the earth singing, where we saw fires being lit in the heavens all around the earth, not just in one nation, where there wasn't sickness in our nation, where there wasn't poverty in our nation, because the kingdom had come. This is what it's about. It's not about a church. And, and I, please, I'm not ragging any churches. I'm saying it's been awesome. Thank God we've had them. But now it's time for the kingdom. And let's get on with the kingdom. Bless you guys. It's been such an honor sharing with you. And thank you for listening. Awesome.